Why, hello there. Happy New Year. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm excited to start a new year of recordings, of podcasts with you so that we can talk out all the things health and fitness to help you feel strong and powerful in who you already are. The thing that's tricky about the new year is I'm actually a firm believer in setting goals and, you know, trying to improve ourselves. I do that myself, and I even teach my kids that trying to better yourself is not a bad thing. It's actually a really great thing. It's how we progress as a society. It's how we make inventions. It's how we think things through when we're creative. But the issue that sometimes I think we have with New Year's resolution goals is it becomes negative. It becomes more of an idea of doing things perfectly or that what we are now isn't good enough. So we have to like change who we are. And I don't like to look at them that way because I think just how you are right now is fantastic. You probably do a ton of really amazing things already. You're holding down the fort already. You've got a lot on your plate already. So bashing yourself and saying you're not good enough and you need to change A, B, and C feels negative. Instead, I want to take it from a positive side and say, what can we add in? What can we focus on? What can we do this year to be more positive and not have to try to be perfect? I'd rather you be positive than perfect. That's a really big deal for me. So today I'm going to give you four simple tips that I want you to focus on to make this year a better year for you, to make this year more empowering, stronger, to make you feel more in charge and to not worry about doing it perfectly. That's garbage. I did a reel even last week where I talked about beating yourself up over every tiny mistake. Nobody does things perfectly. It's called living a life. It's called normal. (laughs) And sometimes I think we have this idea that people who do fitness or health or whatever it is, if they save money or whatever their genre is, that maybe they're talented and they preach that they never make mistakes in their genre. And that's simply not true. It's a lifestyle we all do. As you think about any goals this year, and I don't even care what they are, any way that you want to add to your life, that you want to improve, that you want to increase your ability to do something, whatever it is, we're going to leave it super broad because I think it varies by person. I want you to think about these things and how they are going to create positivity this year and how they are going to push you to just be a great version of you, not a new you. You're great the way you are, but just a great version of you and make you feel more equipped with tools and more empowered to handle the things on your plate, whatever they are. And if you find this episode helpful, don't forget to write a review. I read them all the time. It helps push the podcast. It helps the podcast grow. And we're able to get more guests. And today's review is by FFHOJNVGTY. I'm not sure what that spells or if it spells something, but it's called Number One Podcast for Health and Fitness. I've listened to so many different podcasts about health and fitness, and I have to say this one is by far the absolute best. For the first time in my nutrition life actually makes sense. I absolutely love Andrew's approach and how realistic it is, and it's more focused on creating a lifestyle of eating rather than a quick starve yourself kind of diet. Within listening to just a few of our episodes, the light bulb went off. It was an instant weight lifted off my shoulders, and the shame and guilt I lived over food or the moments that I would binge eat, I knew were finally at rest. That is a ginormous relief and life-changing. Thank you so much for writing this review. I'm not going to spell back out the name, but it is true that like we make things extreme. We make things seem complicated. So let's get into it. Let's talk today about a couple of things for exactly that I'm going to give you ideas of how to make this year more positive, no matter what your goals are. 
My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated, and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy, and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed. So I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. Now, obviously, the tips I'm going to give today are a little bit more health and fitness focused, but honestly, if you take a step back, they can relate to any goal you have in your life, whether it's working on your business or something financially or a relationship, whatever it is, it can really help with anything because they're all positive and it's really easy to weave simple concepts into any aspect when we're able to find like those base layers and then connect them into the different pieces in our life. So just listen today with an open mind and think about what things that you can do that would make sense based on the positive ideas I'm going to give you to make your year better. My first tip is I want you to focus this year on more. Adding, gaining, whatever you want to call it. I think often with New Year's resolutions, we focus on what we can stop, what we can cut out, what we can stop doing, what we can reduce. I went to a parenting conference once with my sisters, and one of the things the expert said was that toddlers stop listening to the words or they start ignoring the words stop and don't because they hear them so much, so it loses its effectiveness. I know when she said it, I was like, great, I'm doomed. But it kind of did make sense to me because think about it. We say it over and over and over to them that it just becomes not such a big deal to them, and then we kind of wonder why they're not listening to us. One of the things that she pointed out was instead of just focusing on stop and don't, one of the things that she does is she will clap her hands loudly twice to get their attention, and then she will tell them what she wants them to do. And she explained how much better they respond in this scenario. There's a couple of parenting people that I listen to online. Even I had on Transforming Toddlers months and months and months ago. And she said the same thing, that you want to focus on what you want them to do. And then they respond better to the information or what you're trying to get them to do. And as I've thought about it, I've thought, I think we're no different than this. I think we're always telling ourselves, don't stop, reduce, cut that out. You're not doing that right. All of them are negative, 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 negative. And then it loses this its effectiveness, or we just feel bad about it and it's not motivating and it's not empowering us. So I want you to think about in your goals, do you have things that are adding in things that you're trying to gain something or you're just trying to add more of? If we're always queuing in our head, don't do whatever item you're trying to do. Don't overeat the chocolate cake. Don't do, don't do, don't, don't, don't. All you're doing in your mind is firing that item over and over again, and it just makes it more complicated. And then we beat ourselves up, but we're doing it to ourselves by focusing on something that is about not doing instead of focusing on what we can do to build ourselves, to improve, to become more, to gain, to add into our lives. So I want you, if you're thinking about some health and nutrition goals, think about what you can add. Can you add more water? Can you shoot for maybe 100 ounces water? To be honest, I will be so honest right now. 
The last couple months, I've been a complete hypocrite with water. I'm really big with my clients about drinking water. And last couple months, I'm like, I'm barely drinking any water. So that's one of my personal goals is, hey, you need to get back up on your water game. Add more water. And so I made a plan to make sure I have a water filled for me in the morning. And in the afternoon, I have a separate water bottle. And then in my car, I'm always going to have my Stanley with water so that I'm in a situation better where there's more water around me. And it's not necessarily about something negative, but I'm choosing something that's positive for myself and adding water. Something else you can do is add more weights. The more weight you can add in your workouts for strength training, the better off you're going to be. Weight training helps prevent osteoporosis. Weight training helps with our hormones. Weight training builds our metabolisms. We know the stronger metabolism we have, the better off we are at maintaining our weight or even building muscle and just feeling good and strong and functional in our body. Weight training is huge for all of those things. Maybe your goal is more savings. You want to start with adding more in and not just like don't spend so much. Say, you know what? I want to add more, more quality time with family. Maybe you want to add a new talent or a new ability. These are all things that are about increasing adding, gaining, and just trying to do better. Another really great one is adding more sleep. You need sleep. Sleep is huge no matter what your goals are. When I don't sleep, I'm irritable. I'm grouchy with my spouse. I'm impatient with my kids. I have a harder time in my workouts. I'm not able to put on muscle as well because muscle is repaired when you're sleeping. And so that's a great one for me to focus on adding more of. For some people, I know that's really tricky when you have little kids. I know that from the bottom of my heart. So you can do your best there. But for others, Like for me, one of the things that I struggled with before, which I've been very open on the podcast, is my mind races at night when I go to lay down. So I eat those bedtime bestie gummies from Soul CBD. I love them. They've been a game changer for me. They don't have THC in it, so it's just the cannabidol. It's just the the calming mechanism of it, of the CBD, that makes a huge difference. And I find it so much more beneficial than melatonin because it just helps me calm down and I fall asleep easily. And I'm like obsessed with them. I use them all the time. I literally suggest them to everybody. And I do have even a code for them. If you use the code simple, you get 15% off. Again, that's simple for 15% off. And you can go to www.mysoulcbd.com. I really do love them. So if you're someone who your mind races at night and you have a hard time settling because maybe you have anxiety or a lot on your plate or ADHD or whatever it is, that can be very helpful for helping you get more sleep. I'm a big fan of them. I'm serious. I live and die by them. It changed my sleeping life. So those are all ideas of getting more. And if you think about it, those are all positive things. I want more whole foods in my life. I want more walking in my life. I want more quality time. Whatever it is, they're all coming from a positive of increasing in abundance and increasing value in your life rather than a decrease. And that's always going to breed positivity and empowerment, and it's going to be more fulfilling. So that's my first tip. Focus on what you want to add, gain, or do more of and go from there in any aspect of life. My next tip is I want you to focus on the day-to-day, not the end game. I think this is really important. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make especially in health and fitness, because that's what I do for work, is they make this great long-term goal, but then they make no steps in how to get there 
or they have a really extreme plan, really extreme steps on how they're going to get there. So then either way, it feels impossible and they give up. Either there's no steps or it's just too intense and it's not maintainable. So then they just stop. I loved last week that Kelsey pointed out that we can't just talk about meal prep without talking about meal planning first. Meal planning is the step before meal prep is effective. And all the time people are like, I'm going to meal prep. And I love that she's like, no, no, you need to meal plan first. You can't master step two without step one. And we do that a lot in fitness and a lot in health. And honestly, a lot with most of our goals is we don't make these tiny steps along the way and start small, or we just go into this extreme plan. So I'm going to give you a couple examples. If you have a goal of mastering a push-up, it's a great skill. Push-ups are honestly really good for you. They have a lot of benefits and they're challenging for a lot of people. And the problem is a lot of people say, I'm going to learn to do a push-up or I'm going to learn to do 10 push-ups or 15 push-ups or whatever it is. But the problem is they don't have a plan. They just do push-ups on their knees and then they're wondering why they're never easing into a real push-up. Because you're not actually taking the tiny steps between the push-up on your knees to the push-up on your hands, not on your knees. Well, I guess both of them are on your hands, but not on your knees because the range of motion and the movement is very different and the gravity, the body weight is very, very different. So there should be steps in between. For example, you should do more chest work. You should work on your chest fly, your chest press, a hex press, a reverse press, lots of things to strengthen the chest because that's a big piece. The second piece to a push-up is your core. If you have a really strong core, it's actually going to be easier to do the push-up. It's just like a pull-up. People think pull-up is all back. Your core is huge in the pull-up and the same with a push-up. Your core should be invited to the party. It's going to make the push-up motion easier. So you need to do inner core work. You need to make sure your breathing is on point, that you're able to exhale as you come up from it, that you're able to brace the core. The next thing you need to focus on is negatives. Negatives is when you're in the top of the push-up and you drop your body all the way to the ground. And that is like called the negative because you're not having the rebound before you hit the ground. You hit the ground. So you would practice negatives going down and hitting the ground and then from the bottom, you know, the ground up to the top of the push-up. And you would change the count amount that you're doing that. So as you count down to the ground, you'd maybe start for three seconds, then go to four, then five. And it's going to help you get stronger at slowly lowering to the ground and then from the ground, slowly pushing up into the extended arm push-up position. The next thing you want to practice is that rebound. The rebound in a push-up is when you get towards the bottom of the push-up and then you push back up to go to the top. That's the rebound. You're rebounding up, if that makes sense. So it's basically before you would hit the ground, you pump back up. And that's huge as well. So another way to practice that is to do crouching push-ups where you go into a push-up and then you sit your glutes back. So you're kind of crouching back and then that gives your chest a break. It gives your core a break. You can make sure you're inhaling, you're rebracing the core, but you're able to practice that rebound. Now, I bet you've never been told all of that. You're just like, I'm going to do 10 push-ups, but you have no steps between. And I just told you, what, four steps or maybe even more than that where I said do chest work, do negatives, do core work, and do and practice on the rebound in a crouching push-up. That's four different things that's going to make it so you can actually get to that push-up. And then you're going to be pounding out not just one push-up, but two, three, four, 10, 20, 30 
in a more functional way. And when you want to get into more push-ups where you're like, I want even more, practice putting a plate on your back where maybe you have 10 pounds on your back and you can do 10 that way. Well, guess what? When you take off that plate, you'll be able to do 15. Small things like that. The steps matter. They matter. We can't just set long-term goals and have no steps in between. And that push-up is a perfect example of showing how you need those steps to get there. We've got to have those in-between steps. The second piece to that long-term goal that I mentioned is having too much of an extreme plan. Just like Kelsey said last week, she's like, if you're starting meal planning, don't start with six meals. Literally, Start with just a couple, or if you're going to try a new recipe, don't start with five new recipes. Start with like one new recipe a week. That's it. If your goal is to work out more consistently and you're super inconsistent, do not schedule yourself for six days a week for 45 minutes. That is not going to work. I promise you that is too high of a jump and it's going to cause you problems. I want you to imagine if you snowboard or maybe you ride dirt bikes or you have seen dirt bikes. In any of those activities, obviously, they don't start by jumping off the biggest jump. They start small. They first learn to balance on the bike or the snowboard, and they learn to go down the hill without falling, falling off the bike, falling on their butt. Then they will add tiny jumps like, oh, I stayed on my feet. I'm going to add this tiny little jump where it's more like a hiccup. And then the jump gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then before you know it, they're like a professional. This is exactly how all of our goals should be. We cannot go from not doing something to going off the biggest jump. It doesn't work that way. We've got to first learn to balance. So if your goal is to work out more regularly and you don't work out consistently, shoot for two times. And make it for literally walks for 10 to 15 minutes. If you don't strength train, add one more day of strength training. If you struggle with eating vegetables, don't say you're going to eat vegetables at every meal. Say, I'm going to add one more vegetable every single day. And when I'm able to do that for a month, I'll add two vegetables. If your goal is to learn to have maybe meditation or devotional or you want to read your scriptures, this is something I've worked on. I get distracted and I can't just say, okay, I'm going to start with 20 minutes. I started when I worked on these for literally like two or three minutes, reading like the smallest thing or like taking a really quiet time for meditation where it's only one minute. And then I slowly add it on. You have to add slow. You can't be extreme. If you are starting a plan where it is a 180 for you, it is going to be brutal. It is going to be brutal because the shift is too fast. They don't take you from kindergarten to 12th grade going to college. They put you in kindergarten, then first, second, third, fourth, and they slowly build concept on concept. And we have to do that with our goals. Make it simple. Focus on the day-to-day and don't focus on looking too far out. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a weird story, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. I used to hate tomatoes. (laughs) I know it's really random, but tomatoes are really healthy for you. And I feel like tomatoes are in everything. They have tons of potassium. They have vitamin B, vitamin E. They have other nutrients. They have lycopene. They're just super great for you. And I feel like they were in everything. And this is kind of funny. It shows my personality. But one day I was like, I'm going to make myself like tomatoes. (laughs) So I had a plan. I was like, I'm going to have a tomato. Like, I'm just going to take a bite of tomato. If tomato comes on something, I'll take a bite of it and then I'll take my tomato off and I won't have the tomato anymore. And I would do that for a little while. And then I'd be like, I'm going to have a tomato on half my sandwich. And I do that for a little while. And the truth is I adjusted 
to tomatoes. I know this is such a funny story, but I adjusted slowly. Like when I first took one bite of a tomato, I was like, oh, that's terrible. And then I would take it off and I would move on to eat my food. And I would do that over time, over time, over time. And studies have shown the more you're exposed to something, the more you adapt and the more you get used to it. So I slowly put it on half my sandwich. And now I love tomatoes. I get them on all, I get them on all of my sandwiches. I put them in my salads. I love them. I like them roasted. I like them anyway. And it's kind of crazy because I literally can say I hated tomatoes probably 10 years ago. And it didn't take me that long to do that, but it did take time. I think it took me like a year where I would kind of mess with that. But it was something that I felt like, no, this is a healthy food that I, I want to weave in. So even sometimes when people are like, no, I could never do that. Slowly adapting and slowly trying new things allows you to adjust and allows you to come into a place where you are able to do something, no matter the goal. And not only are you able to do it, you start enjoying it, but it can't be overnight. It's got to take time. So I want you to really think about no matter what your goal is, I want you to focus on the day-to-day, not the big picture. I want you to have steps and I really want you to not have an extreme plan, but slowly weave things in concept on concept. One of my favorite quotes ever is from Thomas S. Monson, and it is, if you live life by the yard, it's very hard. If you live life by the inch, it's a cinch. And that is so true. If we just focus on tiny, tiny steps day in and day out, it is easier. It is so much easier. But if we only focus on the yard, on the big picture, it's just a lot more complicated. And honestly, it's a lot more demotivating. My third tip, and to be honest, my third tip and my fourth tip kind of interweave together, but I'm going to categorize them as two different categories. When you do make a mistake or when you stumble or fall or maybe you things don't work out the way you wanted them to, instead of focusing on what you did wrong, on feeling guilty and beating yourself up, I want you to focus on learning. I want you to look at the situation. I want you to take a step back and say, what happened? How could I adjust for next time? What did I do amazingly well in that situation? Yes, you might have like fallen or you might have like maybe made a mistake you regret, but like what did you do well? Or what was on your plate that like made it complicated? And could you even help that? Maybe you couldn't. And then move on. Move on. Let it go. You have to learn to learn from your mistakes and not dwell in them and not only learn from them, but adapt. Adapting is the biggest thing. After I had Camry, I had my twins and they were three and Camry was a baby and I always worked out first thing in the morning and I was nursing her and I just couldn't get my workout in. Um, it was hard. <laughs> it was really hard having three kids on three and under. And I could have in that moment said, you know what? I just, I can't work out in the morning. It's not happening. I'm too tired. I can't work out. And I could have beat myself up over that. And I could have dwelt on that. And I could have felt guilty and shamed of that and just not worked out. But instead I said, okay, I need to take a step back. This isn't working. This isn't how I imagined or planned. Maybe you could call it a stumbling block. I don't consider it a stumbling block. I could just consider something happening in life that changed the scenario. That's all it was. And I took a step back and I said, you know what? I'm too tired to work out in the morning. That's okay. I've got a lot on my plate. That's okay. So I looked at what other time during my day would work. And I learned from that scenario that I was like, you know what? 
I think after her first nap, around 10, normally the twins, we've taken them somewhere in the morning. Normally I could get them to like watch a show for like 30 minutes and I get cam down for a nap. And I decided to make that my workout window. So my workout window was like 10 or 11 in the morning. I don't remember the exact time, but it was kind of a weird time. But I learned that that actually worked for me and it was actually doable. And I adapted to the situation and I was flexible and I changed from it. But I had to focus on learning. What can I learn from the fact that it's not working out for me to work out first thing in the morning? When else could I make it work? I don't need to feel guilty. I don't need to feel bad about it. I just need to learn and adapt and I need to move on and try different things. So as you work on whatever your goal is, It is normal to have setbacks. It is normal to stumble. It's normal to have things not work out. But instead of beating yourself up, step back, adjust, learn, and adapt, and move on. You are going to have bumps in your road. You are going to hit storms, but you have to keep going. And this is where I'm going to get into my fourth tip, which really feeds into the focusing on learning, is I want you to think about two different ways that you can handle your bumps, or in this case, I'm going to call them storms. And this is a story that to me is very, very personal for me because I love the analogy it gives, and it has meant a lot in my life. To be honest, I am, I'm literally recording this in my Buffalo t-shirt. I have a buffalo mug that I drink my, you know, in the morning when I drink hot cocoa or whatever I have in the morning. And I also even have a sign in one of our bathrooms that says, you know, I'll explain what it says at the end, but it's a buffalo sign. So this story is near and dear to my heart. And I shouldn't really call it a story. It's actually truly the difference between how buffalo and how cows handle storms. So in Colorado, and I'm actually going to link an article on this. So if you want to read the whole story, because it honestly is beautiful. But in Colorado, they have the Rocky Mountains. And the Rocky Mountains kind of run down the center of the state. So it almost splits the state in half. And to the east part is the Kansas Plains. So it makes it kind of a unique environment where it's one of the only landscapes where they have buffalo and cows in pretty close proximity to each other. Now, because of the Rockies there and then the plains, the storms come in, they always brew in the west, and then they move towards the east. And the way that the buffalo handle the storm and the way that the cows handle the storm is very, very different. And I feel like it is a beautiful analogy for how we can handle our storms. So when a storm is coming, the cows do what I think is very natural. The cows sense the storm is coming from the west, so they try to outrun the storm to the east. The problem is they start running, you know, obviously away from the storm, but Cows aren't very fast, and eventually the storm catches up with them. And they actually end up running along with the storm, which obviously increases the amount of pain and time and frustration they experience in the storm. I think that sometimes we do this as humans even. And I think that we often see hard times and we give up and we start to run from the situation that is hard. Maybe it's something that's opposition to a goal or opposition to something we want to do. And so we run but then we actually don't get where we want to go. We actually start running from where we want to go, and it makes things a little bit more complicated. Buffalo, on the other hand, do something pretty amazing, in my opinion. They basically stay put, 
as the cows all start to go the other way and start to run away from the storm. And they wait for the storm to come over the peak of the mountaintop. And as the storm rolls over, they turn towards the ridge and they charge directly into the storm. I know that might seem crazy, but if you think about it, it does decrease the amount of time they spend in the storm because now they're running in opposition to the storm. So as the storm rolls east, they're running straight into it west, but they minimize the amount of time they spend in the storm. And they also move as a herd through the storm. And I've even read that sometimes they turn their heads down, like they tuck their heads down and charge into it. And I think about if I could handle my trials or bumps or, you know, things that come up for my goals like a buffalo. And if we could charge, you know, and handle our storms like a buffalo and how that would affect our ability to bounce back, to be resilient, to empower ourselves and to actually reach our goals. How often do we have goals for years and years and years and years, but we don't charge them? We don't run towards the things that are making them difficult. We run away like the cows do when really we should be charging in towards them. In one of the hardest parts of my life, my sister made me that sign that I mentioned was hanging in our bathroom, and it says, when life storms hit, be the buffalo. I actually think about that story a lot, and I, anytime I'm struggling with anything, I think about that mindset of charging the storm, of moving towards the things that aren't easy, that are making our goals or our life difficult, and charging into it instead of running from it. I know that we can't always control storms, and I know that we can't always control situations that affect our lives and our goals and things we want, no matter what they are. Not just health and fitness, but just in general. But we can control how we react to the situation. We can turn like a buffalo into the storm. We can focus on the positive, on adding, on gaining, on doing. We can focus on taking it one day at a time and charging through. We can focus on learning and adapting when things become difficult. And that is how we want to handle our storms. I want you to be the buffalo this year. I want you to charge into the things that are hard for you and really push yourself and know, yes, it sucks in the storm, but you're moving against it. It's way better than moving with it. And it's going to minimize your time in it. So with any goals, I hope these tips help you. I hope it makes a difference, and I hope you know there is so much more to health. I hope you don't just have number goals. Like, I'm serious. Do not have your goal just like, I want to weigh this on the scale. I want them to be powerful things, like things that focus on your abilities or things that focus on increasing relationships or your functionality or how you feel on the inside, all of those things. And often they do transfer to the outside in many different ways, in our happiness, in our abilities, in so many other aspects. So please think about that as you make your goals as well. I truly hope this episode was helpful. I feel so strongly about these four tips. And anytime you're struggling, I really want to remind you, when life storms hit, be the buffalo. As always, you are doing so much better than you think you are. All right, we'll chat next week. Mm